for the listener, let me say this. I think if you're starting a practice, you've got extra time on your hands. You have more time than money. You should absolutely be doing what Peter's saying until you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of positive reviews. And then you're like, hey, I want this to continue to go forth. And I want to go build my next one or I want to expand. And I've gotten to the point where I want the energies of my team on more important things. And that's fine. And then it's a scalable model. But I love the idea that we're talking about this because at different times and different yes. practices, Life cycle is different. Because we have the ground game, we've actually built the practices that people aspire to create. History will prove one of us correct. Wait, 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 wait. You're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. 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 Craig did start this. It was one of my childhood ambitions, Dwight. I'm not going to lie to you. I always told my, my 10-year-old self, I grew up on a postage stamp, so it was one of my... You know, you try and check the boxes to make your 10 year old self happy. I think, I feel like that's all that life really is. That's right? well said. And so, you know, land was something, especially when I saw Craig and the enjoyment he got and the, the quality of time he was having with his family and stuff like that, that it was very, it was very cool. So it was kind of like it reminded me, A, to do it, and B, I pulled trigger, even though it's a non income producing asset that I have now, but it's been, you know, it's been cool. So now you're right, Dwight. I'm looking at tractors and shit like that. So I love it. Uh, but you know, it could be good therapy. You know, they always say that there's good therapy when you're uh, oh, can, yeah. can isolate yourself. Trey and Trey and Craig may be the only mm -hmm. two of us that can uh, have experience with this. Um, meaning, good therapy time behind a wheel where no one can reach you and shit like that, and you're just and you and you're, the noise. You can't take a call on the train right. either. So right. It's or even better, you're in the country where your cell phone doesn't work very well. Yeah, my uh, that's the best feeling. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I can't so, discipline, so I have to leave. I have to go to a place where there's no reception like that. Yeah. Um, so 0% interest on the John Deere. That's freaking ba bad. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I haven't told my wife yet. So, guys, no brainer. If you're listening, yeah, that also, you can leave that out. No brainer. No that's, brainer. Yeah. Down. If you're listening to this and it's down for a uh, John Deere, use code Bulletproof and get zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get Dwight started. Don't get him started. <laughs> Hey, Dwight, I want to say, like, give us some updates. Talking about building, give us some updates. You are in, you are building something quite, I have some questions for you. Since, so yeah. you're building something quite impressive. Again. I'm in full mode. Um, this morning, actually. Yeah. In a little meeting. It was a fun little, yeah, it's good catch up. I mean, this thing is flying up. In two weeks, I've got a dry building with drywall in it already. No. Right. Well, you had a steel building, right? Uh-huh. So right. really, it's an erector insert joke here but erecting the steel building is pretty pretty quick do yeah. you have an erection going on well, i was gonna say yeah. q craig q craig yeah thank you appreciate that <laughs> no, no, you gotta problem. do that trey because i could miss the softball yeah i don't want you to i don't want you to miss the lob don't thank miss you. it don't miss it so seriously it's a tilt wall construction that's going up right now is that what it is so we have a steel building so prefabricated ten thousand square foot building let's see what was that week thursday it's a week ago and the week before that so now it's been two weeks and it arrived on trucks two weeks ago we've laid the slab down and now the building's fully up <clears throat> steel structures fully up and now they're just wrapping it in exterior walls stucco and then they're going to by the 21st so that's what two more weeks so it's a total of month it'll be dried in and drywalled in a month so can I ask, let me ask a couple of things. So is yeah. there something you've obviously built a number of, I guess this is your kind of second big, 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 big build, right? Yeah. There, yeah. So is there things I'm building right now too, Dwight, an interior model. Nothing is expansive with what you're doing. In, invariably, 
just when I think I get the hang of something, you know, this is my now 10th, 10th build. I think I've got it figured out. And then there's always something I'm like, my God, it's like a snowflake, right? They're all a little different. Where do you, where have you had any like, oh shit moments yet? Or I mean, you maybe you're a little more strictly yet done. Interiors were the interiors typically were the oh shit moments. I mean, well, okay. Yeah. Yes. And no building these buildings. What, what has been surprising to me is different than the other types. I've used steel in buildings for large expansive spaces, but the rest of it was all, you know, wood build and just Mm. custom everything and all that drama. These are so nice because you order them in essentially 10,000 square feet batches. And then there's nothing on the interior. There's no load bearing in the middle. So you can turn, you can do whatever you want, right? They're clear span buildings, right? Exactly. And I think that initially I was like, well, it's just giving me a rectangle. But then they now allow for so much variability in the look Mm -hmm. of the building. You can insert, you know, you can choose that the front because there's just giant lip of a freeway right in front of it. So we decided to raise the front of the building. Oh, you you pitched it, huh? So I pitched it just to make it look even bigger than the buildings around it. And so all of a sudden, all these little things that you're like, wow, that's actually pretty easy. And you just kind of put it on order. It's amazing how practical that is. I do think that even walking through it today, it just has a lot more. I was walking with part of my team through it. It just has a lot more presence than you would have thought. And it's just less complex because we walked in and we said, actually, we want to make this room a little bigger and kind of make some changes. And it's just a lot. It's a lot easier because it's, right. it's not a support support or anything. Yeah. So I think I think I think Craig is right. And that I think a little more of the oh shit moments come from, man, this this outlet should have been 12 inches over here. And why is yep. it above counter? Yep. For example, I just caught something down here and they were drawing a water line down to like my cafe area. And I was like, I never had that on the plans, you know, they're like, yeah, you did. There's an ice maker. I was like, there's no ice maker. We don't have an ice maker, you know, so stuff like that where I think, so I think Craig is right. I think it's really interior. Yes. The plumbing right now, I did find some plumbing that was like, they started right on par at one side of the building and they kept measuring and, you know, they're taping down the walls or they're. They're slapping down the walls of where they're supposed to be. By the time they got to the other end of the building, it's like slightly off and there's some plumbing outside of walls now. So now they got to oh, go adjust it. Yeah. But, you know, no, that's easy. That's it. The PVC is an easy fix. Did you listen to the call, the mastermind call from last uh, Friday some by chance? Some of it. I got to the I actually Google talked term. about that because we went over a segment called like the things, you know, like six things I wish I had known kind of thing. And I led that and plumbing was in there, right? Yeah. Meaning, Meaning every office I've ever built, the plumber had gone in and put 90 degree. And Trey, oh, yeah. you, you were saying how you, they had put 90 degree bends in the HVAC. Yeah. I'm sorry, in the in the vacuum, not HVAC, yeah. in the right. vacuum lines. And re- right, and, and really from a Bernoulli's principle, it crushes the suction power. Craig, insert another joke there. Yeah. But, and so ev- in every single project, Dwight, I have yeah. had to go in and be like, what are you guys doing at yeah. At minimum, use two forty-fives, not, and at best, use a sweep line, not a ninety degree. So I'm glad you're on site. Is where I'm going with this. So well, many of us, this, Trey, this you had an experience where you actually had to rip up the concrete, right? Uh, this episode with no one bulletproof. I have dealt with that though. What, Craig? This episode, plumbing with the bulletproof boys. Oh God, uh, shut up! But uh, you, you know, know what? The minute something gets technical or like or plumbing, I'm out. I just want to do kumbaya shit. No. I love that you brought up the 245s. And here's the thing. Thanks, I've got Dwight. my 
my plumbing guy out there. I got my, driver, my construction guys. And then I've got on top of that, my supplier, you know, they're like, Oh, my dental supply guy's going out there. Burkhardt Patterson, whoever the hell you use, they're going out to inspect it. So inspect. it's on them, right? It's on them. Right. I still go check the 245 and no matter what. And I check because I don't know, it's not an obsessive thing. It's because every time I find something stupid, no, it's a smart thing. Yeah. yeah it's a very smart yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that is a micro fix in the, on the front end and a catastrophic fix on the back end. Right. Trey. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's cool. So there was a bunch of other examples. We won't go into there for fear of Craig saying like the minutiae, he's going to crush me on the minutiae here. Um, <laughs> so so let's go into, let's go into, let's go into feelings. Feelings. Oh, there he just popped up. Look at it. Look at the energy in his face. So I love feelings. Guys, when I do a plumbing job or a drywall job, I always make sure that you have a good breather and a good amount of drywall mud. Don't give me that shit breather, you know? No, no, no. The breather so, had us there, but the mud, not so much. Mud is standard. Mud's so standard. you so you lay pipe and then blow mud. He definitely That's, That's not good, man. That's not good. Speaking, oh my of, God, Trey, that was speaking of laying pipe, I got hosed, Trey. You could have bought my F-250 for a steal. Well, I, apparently I still can right now. Well, I know, but what's what's up with you? You know, you're a Texan and I put all this work into the truck. You could have just picked that up so easily. It's true. Got, it's anyway. true. Do y'all care to explain for the people who are not? Yeah. So anyway, I <clears throat> sometimes you got to go too far in life to know when is the right amount. And right. Uh, I went too far with my lifted F-250. Peter, you're, you're partly to blame because you, you said, man, you got me into the Raptor and then yeah. you, know, you know what the real flex is. I'm like, what? You sent me that Roush F250. Yeah. And once you sent that to me, I was hook, line and sinker. Yeah. Stuck in your head. But yeah, but one thing for the listener. That car was too alpha for you. No, it wasn't even those two alpha. <laughs> it wasn't too alpha. It's just, listen, I'm very comfortable in my Prius. Right mud, so, you know, no, but it's, it's. For those that are contemplating, F-250 is a hard daily driver. That's all yeah. I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now you're happy. All right. I'm happy. All right. All our plus it's, like, it's like 80% of the trucks on the road here in Houston. So why is it Why is it a hard daily well, driver? Well, you got that highway bounce. You got that highway bounce, man. Yeah. So if you're hauling a 16,000-pound trailer or a cattle trailer once a week, you're going to have to eat some you know, shit sandwiches and drive it. But if you take a trailer once every quarter, you don't want to have your fillings rattled out of your head. And it's a six by eight that he's dragging. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, Craig actually has a, Craig actually has a legit farm, like with legit farm equipment and like with real chickens, real shit. Real like, so I can't poke cows. fun at that anymore. No, I love, um, it. I love it. Trey, talk to us about your builds. What's going on? Builds, acquiring, building, metaphorically speaking. So May 1st, we opened our startup. Build is done. Nice. And. So tell me, yeah, let's pack, let's unpack this. May 1st was opening. Okay. May 1st was opening nightmare to get yep. through it all. Had they all signed. We went into, uh, I think we went into eight and a half months from the day I signed to actually okay. finish. I finished Sunday. I opened Monday. Yeah, no soft opening. Work. No anything just opened and ran with it. Uh, and that, you know, that, that's been a, a rough gig from the standpoint of it was difficult to market. It was difficult to handle anything because we were still buried in trying to get it done. But, but yeah, it opened up. We got month one out of the way. So awesome. Ideally, what do you think is a time? I think this is good. This is good fodder, right? If you're opening an office, how long do you give yourself a soft opening for? Soft opening. 
I do a full week of friends and family is where I'm going with this. No, we don't. We don't even I do. do. I'm just telling what I do because yeah. I, I can't afford. What- I'm thinking about the last few. It was no more than three days. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, we that's do, four days. Two to three days if all is appropriate. Everything goes according to plan. So, Trey, yeah, that is pretty ballsy to get in there and be like, all right, let's see how shit works with oh, live man, patients. We, it right? was a rough first day. And, you know, yeah. the, the, the saving grace is we – you're not we didn't have a bet packed schedule because we weren't sure when we were going to finish so it was hard to market to pick a schedule so we had a handful of patients day one we had plenty of space and it was just explained hey you know this is what might happen and we'll you know we give people breaks on cost if, if it runs into issues during their appointment got it can i tell you why it took me a while to think about that answer you know it's sure. interesting while you're saying that because every time it's been less and less mm. I, over time it's kind of like because right now this no, next one we're opening this 10,000, the, the building for that practice. So you got, we've got like four to five, if I'm correct, four or five people that are being added to that team that are currently hired and trained at central location, which we used to not do. Right. So I think that's maybe part of the reason why we wouldn't, we probably won't even do a soft opening in the, it wasn't so much for the people Dwight as it was just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Trey. Yeah. It's more just like shit just goes, you have to have some dry runs and sometimes things don't manifest until like a couple cycles in is where I'm yeah. going with that. Yeah. So it's not the people at all. I hear you. No, I hear in, that 10, 000, in that 10,000, Dwight, you're not doing 10,000 dental though, right? You're doing yeah. about half dental. Yeah. About half. Yeah. And then you're leasing. Is it already pre-leased or is it just ready to go? Like I've got, I've got two people fighting over it. Um, and I haven't decided yet or gone with it. There's only one other tenant. Well, it's, it's, uh, there's one that only wants half of it. The other one wants the whole thing. And then they have a, the one who wants the other, the smaller half of it has another tenant that could want the other half. So it's kind of like, I like it a secured one because I like a single yeah. tenant to take on both spots. And more importantly, they're kind of a less of a car traffic type. So I'm trying to figure out some of those dynamics. And, and honestly, Dwight, I think the signage look will look clunky if you start getting a bunch of 1,000 foots. You know what I mean? Like it make it look cleaner, it'll distract mirrors. So we had we were talking about signage on the mastermind a bunch, and and there was someone who was like, "Hey, how big should I go on the signage?" And Craig and and Trey were like, hey, "Dwight, you too. I think even you weren't there, but you would have said this. You know, it was like, how big will they allow you to? You know, from the county perspective." He's like, but that could be like $50,000. And Craig and Trey are like, yeah, it'll be over the lifespan of the building. The best money you could have ever thought about spending. I actually told them I'll buy the sign for you and you can run it, it off. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, listen, if you, if you think about your new building expense and you categorize the signage into a marketing expense, just for your own mental math, because some people that are listening to this may be contemplating a, a new build and you know, looking at the numbers, you know, 10, 20, whatever, $30,000 a month, whatever the daunting level of expenditure is, you could actually think, okay, if I have two signs or one large sign, how much does a local billboard cost? A local billboard costs 6,000, 7,000. You can categorize some of your building expenses marketing just for your own mental math to make you feel better about it because it's, it's massive. I mean, your new buildings, the building that Trey has or Dwight or we all have, the biggest portion of it is curb appeal. And, sure. and for all the thousands of people that drive by, if you're in a busy main and well, that was like the other example we were kind of analyzing on behalf of someone was like looking at buying something inside of an office park or an office building. And we basically were like, whatever you're going to spend 10 X 
over the course of marketing to get patients in the door in this building as you would have just kind of a standalone build. Yes, building is $350 per square foot. Yes, it's going to be more expensive. And we kind of ran through, it was pretty neat. We kind of ran through all the math and it was like, then it was like, oh, wow. But the Dwight, building is you- more efficient expenditure too, guys. So the marketing expense is you literally save the dollars you spent. But with a building, you know, with, with the way the tax laws are and, you know, bonus depreciation, cost segregation, stuff like that, each dollar you spend in the building is so much more efficient. And also, point. Craig, to your point, recouping that in a sale at one day, if oh. there's a sale, right? No different than like renovating your kitchen at your house. You're probably going to recoup that at the sale. Why not live in your money? Right. Right. But you're never going to recoup the marketing expense. No, you could completely gone. There's a recurring, I guess you could argue because, you know, as a guy who used to spend $30,000 for television advertising, we stopped it 10 years ago. We still get patients. All right. Well, for argument's sake, let's say, let's just say that you, you know, when it's gone, it's gone. Right. The signage always gets bigger on every new bill they make. Oh, for sure. Look yeah, it's funny. The local ordinance, though, you know, there's always a battle with trying to fight it. I think that's why we were like, how big would they let you? Because typically the tendency is is for communities to kind of push smaller and smaller kind of thing, right? Because it yeah. detracts from an architectural standpoint. Um, Dwight, how many ops are you putting in? And then, Trey, I have the same question to you per square foot. So, so 5,000, you're putting in 10. So that's 500 square feet per op. It's going to be pretty spacious. Um, correct. Good. Trey, same. I have five ops and 2,000 square feet. So 400. 400. Craig, if you had to do your math on yours, just to give some context, your, sp- your building. 13,000 square feet, 18 ops currently. Okay, so even like eight, yeah, okay. But and then Craig, where are you on your build, your expansion right now? So we're still in plans. There's a lot of moving parts because we have to stay operational the whole time. So we're going to be adding, I think like, only like 3,000 new square feet or 2,500 new square uh-huh. feet additional, but we'll be putting five operatories in You, you pulled trigger though, right? I know that you yeah. were kind of, okay. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I'm they actually, I'm reluctantly doing it though, guys. I feel like, you know, business, I would think of, de- well, because dentistry is really retail, right? At, at its core. I'm sorry to offend the listeners that, that take offense to that. But retail establishments need to stay fresh and relevant. And also either, you know, to quote Peter from prior podcast, you're either growing or dying and innovation. Mm-hmm. This is this is done with a different spirit. It used to be like, I've got to do this. I want to do it. Not that I got to do it, but I want to do it. It's going to be so exciting. This is I'm doing it because I have to do it. Like mm. I feel like I feel like if I don't, I'm going to start coasting and coasting is the beginning of dying. Is that a strong it's enough gravitational pull, Greg? It has to be. It's fine. There's a lot of things I do that I have to do, but it mm. will be badass. I'm going to redo the entire interior. It's going to be a really. No, sweet. it is top tier. You guys like, I look at the level Trey. You wanted your camera went out. It's a, but it's a, I look at Craig's like the plans, you know, and the organizational and, and the architectural things that are set up. And it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy how much, how high, high level, high brow your, your, your contractors and right. such are. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, full full like full out like it's going to really blow this away and every every piece of material that we're having this place is going to be gone this place is is 12 years old Pete. yeah well yes yeah it looks great though still i can say that is someone 11 years old i'm sorry i'm just there so i can say that it looks still great well Um, one one thing you said craig that i think is really important to touch on is in retail you need to have a refresher that's important even if it's nothing but a, a paint job every four or five years but that makes a big difference Trey just came back with his Lumina camera on. Look at that. 
I didn't do anything. I just, I just opened it and I popped up close to Look at this. <laughs> Look great. Wow. Look at that beard. Look at that beard. Look at that great. I mean, for those of you not able to watch of all the ones where Trey was just a little speck on the screen, now he is full face and glorious on your screen. Wow. Glorious. It is glorious. Individual fibers of your beard. I mean, yeah, really curly cues going in every direction. For those people who can't grow a beard, that beard hurts people's feelings. Yeah, your beard is your beard is toxic masculinity, Trey. Can you I tell was just that? told recently. Yeah, well, my wife said that is unacceptable, <laughs> <laughs> and she's Persian, so like you Persians right. beard from their fourteen. She basically has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't don't play this. Don't play this. We don't have an editor, brother. Well, yes, sorry, it goes it goes live. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's too late. It's too late. It's too um, late. Unacceptable is a common word for a Persian, though, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It, so one thing that we're doing, I told you kind of like about the build, but also I think I mentioned this. They're on a pod. You know, sometimes I confuse the context of where we had conversations. Um, but anyway, we're building out a giant lab. Right. I determined, and I think I told you guys, but I'm, did we have this discussion on a podcast? I think on office hours. Okay. So we spend about... $2 million a year in labs in my, in my aggregate ecosystem. Okay. Yep. So, and I've always been hesitant to open up an in-house lab mainly because I saw at my first associateship in 2001 or two or whatever it was, I saw a practice that did it and it was such a shit show and it went from a degradation of quality. Right. And so maybe, and Craig, you've always kind of pushed me to kind of like, look at that, so to speak, whether it's in-house mailing or whatever. Again, it wasn't until recently that I was like, look, our spend justifies this A. I think that's a big inflection point where that there's a there's a there's a big cost savings or efficiencies that right. could happen. A speed to delivery, these kind of things. Uh, and I think the tech is finally there. So anyway, making a pretty sizable investment actually right next door. And uh I gotta say I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh A, these these are giant pieces of equipment. So they're they all I know we've all seen like the tabletop things, but like we got a lab. Like these are the, the printers, 3D printers are the size of refrigerators. Yeah. The milling, Sarconian Miller is, you going is to... no, but no. You won't talk about it. I forget. Go on, go on, go on. I'll, 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 no, I'll tell you. But they're, they're giant and they're automated and they're made for high level of, of high production lab. So anyway, I just updating as i'm asking you guys updating and, and i'm answering i'm asking myself the question what's new with you pete since none of you jackasses will ask me well i'll tell you my i'll give you my opinion on the lab because i think we talked about this i hopefully it wasn't on a pod if it was comment below that we're getting old and senile but you know a lab is not in, in itself a cost savings thing i i contend that it's not but i okay. think it's a massive patient benefit you know i've got a buddy of mine who drove an hour and a half because he can have a same day crown it's just in my mouth, if I broke a tooth or when I break a tooth, I am going to do everything in my power to make sure I can get it done the same day. It's just better. I don't want to get mouth twice. I don't want to deal with it all. So I think even if it, even if you didn't lower your lab cost by a single dollar, Pete, it's going yep. to be a net positive to your practice. And there are two ways to make money, either save more or earn more. Yep. So let's just say it actually costs you 10% more, but it makes you generate, it helps you generate 30% more business. Win. Mm -hmm. Who cares? So I think I'm it. You're on the wrong, you know, I like what you're, where you're going, but once you see it, cause you don't, you don't know the, the myriad of benefits of same day and immediacy of results and stuff like right. that and differentiation factor alone. The, the cool thing is, bud, is like, you know, kind of going back to the benefits of partnership is that I am the least educated in this realm of dentistry than, than 
all of the dentists in my ecosystem, especially my partners. There's some guys that are just absolute wizards in, in, in the whole digital workflow, and they are going to absolutely discover things that are going to be transformative, I think, for dentistry. I am looking for ceramists and digital designers at this point. So if you're hearing this and know someone or, or you're, you know, I reach out to me because we are, we are actively looking. We've got some, some good people. Let me, Hey, what are you laughing at? Pete, he's laughing at, at Trey's screen. Cause it looks so good. And it keeps going back and forth. So every time <laughs> comes, look at Trey looking at me, is following me around. Yeah. So, so it's, it's look at the look of pleasure and then watch slow yeah. down, stop. Watch what it does. Watch what it does to him. And it, comes it, close. It, it really zooms in like a thing. Don't move. It just zooms in on him. And, and I'm just, just watching him it. looking at himself, admiring his beard. Because no, he's, look, he's, he's, he's gone from his, 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 his 500 K webcam to right. you went like from 4K 20, camera. You went from Commodore 2000 to like better than Peter's. Okay. Go I ahead. Think, Dwight. I think the biggest issue with what you're talking about, as far as the transition of a lab from being able to get things done quickly, it may not be the best you can get to blah, blah, to then taking it to this level of massive quality and expectation and mm. blah, 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 blah. I think the biggest difference I know it was for me, and I know that Craig, you scaled up your lab also because of this. It's when you had a pioneer doctor or a doctor mm -hmm. who was willing to kind of spearhead the project Yep, that was fully bought in, yep. that now just keep amping it up. Because one thing She's is Gandhi. Ramis, and they have capability to do that. And it's awesome. You can do all kinds of things. When you've got a doctor who's going to double down on making sure that it doesn't just look beautiful, because the ceramist will make it look beautiful and give you a bulky buckle cusp that locks in the bite, jacks you up and can rip out even an implant. Like, but the truth is, is when it's all held in there, it's all brought into accountability and you start merging that, guess what? Your quality of patient care also increases with yep. the development of the lab. Very good point, right? And so I think that, you know, I believe Dr. Gandhi is the one that's really kind yeah, of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. For you. And I mean, a brilliant human being like him, who not only has a passion for what he does, but has a passion who's going to make an impact across the board. Like that makes a big difference. Bart does a lot of that. Like there's, yep. there, yeah, Bart's, Bart's the coming in as an owner in the lab too, by yeah. the way, I didn't tell yeah. you guys that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And even, even at a smaller scale, even <laughs> if you're just bringing in Sarek, if you've got your doctors buying in on that and holding accountable to each other and new associates come in and they're looking at the associates preps together, even in a doctor's lounge, something to that degree, the lab makes everything go up. So right. it can, it, and so I'm just adding that to Craig, adding values. The values are sometimes different than like, is it going to rain money? No, but the value ROI to the practice and to the individual doctors, and then more so to the patient, it blows it all, all Peter, out of the water. I'm hearing a similar thing in Peter too. It's like, are you really excited about this personally? Probably not, but it's something important to your organization. And it's important to the doctor that's going to spearhead it. And it's, it's really good, but I, got, I am excited, Craig. I'm excited because I think it's like you, like you said, growth or contraction, but you got to pick one. And I think there's many ways to do it beyond the scope of just building more things. And I think it's, so I do think I am excited. I, I feel a little ignorant, quite honestly, in the, in the tech, but I just don't have the bandwidth to, to stay, stay current with it. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy spearheading it. I no. was that guy. I was no. buying off with the fancy equipment and they turned into coat hangers because no one gave a crap about it. So you got to right. find someone who actually cares and then back Agreed. that person. Yep. Your skill is that I've got marketing and dollars to spend, but you guys all have to love it and promise you're going to use it. Right. And that was a conversation. I think Dwight, you actually said that it was like, look, this is an all or nothing. If all of us don't agree that, that this is going to become like pushing in, then like it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So, so 
Awesome. Awesome. Did any of you guys put down uh um oh actually I have an update. Update. I know moving all over the place. Unless anyone has anything else on that lab uh, thing. No. What is it? Uh, that's what uh, let me let me say one thing on the lab thing. You mentioned uh, growth and and how it is, you know, you're building, there's a lot of growth, you're growing or dying, you want to be moving in that direction. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ways to grow. And it is not always bigger, better, faster. It's not always mm-hmm. revenue and it's not always profit. There are other more creative ways to grow that will also lend itself to those things. And a lab's a really good example of that because we use a lab for training. Yep. So now I can now I can from a distance have someone else put eyes on preps from anybody sending to us and we use an eye to limit chair time because I don't yep. want to do same day treatment, but I want to have decreased time in temporaries and I want to have decreased adjustments. Made. That's exactly it, Trey. You you hit it. Craig, here's why I'm excited. And Trey, Trey, you, you nailed it for me. It's a vertical integration that reduces my vulnerability on me having to beg and call every lab they can i please have this in three weeks no sorry we're six weeks out fuck really i gotta keep this person in temps for you know so but that couldn't have happened i guess is is the bonus of that is that couldn't happen until this inflection point of having to me an aggregate level of revenues where i'm like okay i justify it and i actually asked a number of people who were who were very wise in the field of of starting a lab and i was like what's the what what levels of production or collections do you think that an office should be looking at doing, bringing it in-house. Take a gander, would you think, that the levels, full full stage. So also not just a printing, but full stage, milling, pressing. I had a full-time ceramic. Two and a half, okay, okay. Wait, what would your guess be? Or, or I would have thought closer to five. <laughs> just okay, the inherent I would, cost of technology. I would lean more towards Greg. Two and a half million, you can, you can justify it. Yeah, so the consensus in the room of people who kind of had been there, done that, I guess you could say, was was around right at about four million. Okay. Was the was the thing they said that's that's where. So everyone's yeah, you guys are kind of split the meat. But you I mean, listen, kind of, we're kind of consolidating all the business models too. If you're just a solo doc, I know this guy in Aspen. He's he's been in our podcast before, Andrew. He is one doctor, one set of hands, a couple patients a day. He has a lab. He pays his lab tech really good money. And it's a massive benefit to his practice. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not a one size fits all trade. I understand, Greg. I, understand. I think one thing that I'm really excited for you, Peter, is I bet after you go through the process and it's a year in your review mirror, you're gonna say, "Shit, I would have done this, done this a long sooner. freaking yeah. time ago." Yeah, like Trey. There's gonna be some ass. There's there's some sweet ass ass kicking coming up for me and us in the next between now and Thanksgiving for sure. I'm I'm gonna be in the mud you know i always talk about dirt and clouds and like this is going to be some dirt coming up but but something it makes the clouds a lot sweeter when you get get yeah, back out of them yeah, it does. yeah i don't know how we would practice and do what we do without a lab i really that's so cool I i'm fired up well thanks guys that's good yeah. that's good uh that's good call. okay so my update on my end i'm gonna pivot real quick to just kind of uh, automation and things that i've noticed and things that as i switch to a, an automated platform for my reviews, I can now have data points. As you guys remember, my my review aggregation protocol, if you will, was having people independently reach out. So a year ago, it was it was we were we were sending kind of curated messages asking for reviews. As of recently, we had a software that was like, "Don't worry about this. We got this now." I have some data. Does anyone want to guess the difference? Oh yeah, can I guess? Please. Your software is. 25% as good as your old process. So Trey? four times more reviews with your, your process. I'm going to yes. go double in the other direction. 
you're going to guess that that my reviews have gone up with oh, the software. With I'm just aging by your your prowess. And right, that's what I'm thinking too. He likes to tell you, you know how right and how good I am. If it was Shut crazy. Up. No, but let's, let's that's not true. That is not the, what I'm saying at all. all. Nick, you know, the second I bring any kind of value to like, and I do the research and I bring the conversation, you just want to crush, crush my crush. I it. love you, Peter. So shut the I know fuck you up. Do. All right. Gonna, Dwight, just, what's your guess? My guess is exactly. I'm reading the same situation where I'm sure that the person who did interact with them at the front desk or on the team and asked for a personal review is more likely to get the review than the piece of software. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you say Peter's process is better than the software. I'm not saying better. Look, no, I'm I know, saying, but I just like, I just know. I'm not saying, me, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, I'm not saying ahead. better, Craig. I'm saying what I'm saying is one is, is easy button automated takes zero human effort. Right. Right. The other one takes. So there is some value to that. Meaning I would pick the zero human effort button, even if it's only 25% as effective. It's 43% difference. 43%. I'm going to jump in on this and tell you, I thought. So I was 25%. I was the closest one. Because when you automate software and add that, you do not replace the human touch. You automate the software, you do that, and you still say, hey, we're, we're going to send you a- no, 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 no. I hear you on asking for it, but like you can't, I'm saying from a digital means, the, the outreach was sending a curated text message versus a stamped stamped template of what it sends out to everyone. That was hey, what I'm can, saying. Can we go off topic just for one sec? I'm sure. proud of myself that I know you so well, Peter. <laughs> well, <laughs> because when you ask a question- I, I honestly, listen, if Trey asked that question, I would say software's winning. But I, I think, and again, this might be a bias, and I do love you very much, Peter. I'll say it again. I do think this is a way to, for Peter Bull to say, I've got an amazing process. Look at me. Look at me. That's why I, I said it. I actually, okay, fair enough. Maybe, maybe I don't even know my own blind spots, but like what I was trying to say was, in this instance, the old school way. Yeah was it is superior to tech and i think that it goes back to trey's comment the human touch um, human touch wins all right i'll tell you what here's what you have to think of I would tech is not a replacement of it it should be used in supplement too yeah but no but trey, you don't do that trey you there can be a bombardment spam yeah, we, have, we, have, we have tons of people do that and we constantly talk it from people saying hey we're going to send you something if no you i understand that experience. but do you peter's process was generating an outbound piece of communication do you do that no i standardize that that exactly. doesn't do anything all right let me come to the consensus of what i mean i'm sorry conclusion of what i was trying to say sure. and this goes in in treatment presentation and all the things, in my opinion, Craig, you, you're, you're smiling. I just have so many rips and I, I just, I'm in the mood to rip my <laughs> people. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to be, I'm going to be quiet. All right. You know what? I'm just going to be the guest listener. You guys go ahead. Let's no, go. no. I just, I have I these, hear your program. No, but keep going. Hear your program. All right. So, so in dentistry, I think when you can create, it's so easy for me when I get automated text to ignore them, no one will know that I'm doing, right? It's zero accountability between the human and the human, of course. right? Even though, Trey, you said, hey, we're gonna send you something. If if I, Peter Bolden, am in your office, you're like, we're gonna send you something, like, cool. And then I get the obviously templated text verbiage from it, I'm like, they'll never know that I'm not gonna do this, delete. Versus, versus, versus saying, hey, I might, I might send you, I, Sally, or, you know, I, hygienist, might send you something, I'm going to send you something later today. If you have time, it'd be awesome if you could if you could do this. Yes, I will. No, I won't. And then it's actually received on a personal level, right? Wait, how is that not templated? 
Do you make a unique one every single time? Yes. How do you do that? Like through that. the message, through the SMS app protocol of the software. No, but what's the content of it to make it unique for every single hey, patient? Enjoyed our visit today, Sally. Who so can't I, I can't wait. No, you just time, their but, name. All right, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm listening. Enjoyed our time together, Sally. I hope you really enjoyed Disney World. If you have some time today, I know I talked about the review. Please take 30 seconds and put up some stars for us. Can't wait to see you when you get back. Good on you. That's all right. Yeah, that's good I'm on you. So, <laughs> so the the people, I would say, I would argue you would have done this too, would claim that it's better and you would still template it. You still would not have that deep of a deal. Right. But that, I just is, said, that is correct if you do. Ray, I called it. I said, you would not be willing to do what Peter's doing. Peter does. That's just so, I mean, that's, that's it. Either. And that's not, that's not true either. But that the idea though is making sure you go to that level to do it. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Right. I'm not willing to do it. No, me neither. Well, I'm not doing it either, guys. I'm saying like, no, no, I'm so, not willing no, to have the, people yeah. do it. No, I'm not, not, I'm not it. willing to have, yeah. I'm not willing to implement that type of a template lacks okay. scalability. It's not a template, but okay. I hear but you. It lacks scalability. The therefore the human touch. So, so, and so let's, let's look at, let's look at numbers. Am I the only one your actually, office? How many reviews do you have? I don't know. I think I'm the only one of us though that is strictly fee for service. Dwight, are you fee strictly fee for service? Yeah. So maybe maybe mine mandates that like I have to do that. I don't know. Like well, who knows? Would, no, it's a good idea. It's well, a good idea. For the listener, let me say this. I think if you're starting a practice, you've got extra time on your hands. You have more time than money. You should absolutely be doing what Peter's saying until you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of positive reviews. And then you're like, hey, I want this to continue to go forth. And I want to go build my next one or I want to expand. And I've gotten to the point where I want the energies of my team on more important things. And that's fine. And then it's a scalable model. But I love the idea that we're talking about this because at different times and different yes, practices, life cycle is different. Doing different right. things. That's Trey, I think we have about, I think aggregate probably 2,500 reviews. And I think probably the biggest single one. Single office. 1,100. Okay. So um, my bet is, is that all of us are going to be somewhere in that 1,000 range. Yeah. In that from every single different deal. And granted, yes, for speed for service, there's that, there's different size patient bases, there's different areas from a geographic standpoint. But the argument that I would make, although I fully agree with yours, because I think a personal touch is always better and will always get more, but the end result is gonna be ballpark the same. Hey Pete, what 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 office has, what did you say, 1100? Mm. Which one has 1100? So Missouri City has 953. Okay. Which one now? Buckhead. Buckhead. Let's see it. I would think it would be Buckhead, right? So Trey, I I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, that's that's good stuff. So the point I'm making is, if you do a unique test of, hey, we did this, now we did this. Which one's better? That's academic masturbation, because which one's better is going to be, yeah, maybe, but it's well, like, which one's more? In the life which cycle one's the more effective to the like net? So, so Trey, we I track mm -hmm. this. So this is interesting. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Which one's better? Do they both get the job done? Yes. But I actually report, I have reporting back on the number of reviews per location per month, because I want to make sure that that cadence stays consistent. Because if we've all seen where an office or an operator will say, hey, we haven't had a review in six months. What the hell are y'all doing? Then all of a sudden you have a burst in reviews at your office. Sure. And then it goes back to being a ghost town. Guess who does not, guess who sees that data? And, and doesn't like it. And it's not the consumer. Google. 
Yeah. Right. Because you're obviously doing just what I told you to do. And they kind of know that. So the cadence is really important to me, as is the volume of that cadence. So that's so, that. Was but here's here's the so I agree with that. But I do the okay. exact same thing on a totally different story. My point being, they both work and generate the exact same life cycle of practice factors in all those other things do it. The idea becomes or I guess my argument would be both would be best. Make it, but also, like, I, I want to talk. You can't have too many touch points, though. You can't, you can't ask someone too many times, is where I'm going. And if so, it can't be, you know, redundant asks one from a software, one from a human, one from a this. I agree with that. I just want to say one other point to this as well is the human capital that it requires to do this. And Peter, I take my hat off to you because it's a lot, but I, there's so many things that our people have to do, and there's so many things I want them to do. It would have to be. They can choose. Um, Ex extremely different to me to, to allocate the human capital to do that. And again, it's just a different way of looking at it. What if it was one person? Well, it depends on what other hats that one person wears, you know, okay. you lose them. I mean, right. Peter, I, I'm going to bring something like Peter has, you know, some of his key people or many of his key people write out like a description of what they've done right on a daily. You have a couple of people that do that. Yeah. So. I think that's an incredibly valuable thing in its, in its uh, understanding of what they do in my culture and for my specific thing. And I cannot say this is right or wrong. So there's no judgment in this. I would not do that, you know? Yeah, but, but Craig, but one of my, okay. The main reason I do that isn't, isn't just so I can see how much you're doing. It's a, are we aligned? And honestly, one of my superpowers, and I said this to you guys all the time, there's not many, but I see things like three steps before most people, right? And so I'm like, I want to make sure they're working on the right thing but directionally. Daily though, Pete? What? But daily, sometimes it helps course correct mm -hmm. so that daily direction doesn't turn into a 30-day waste of time. So I'm interested in the longevity of the data. So because- okay. The problem, the problem for me, the reason I claim it's scalable, and I don't want people to just be like, well, multiple locations, you have to think only about scalability. I think consistency in human work, whether there's turnover, whether there's some people you've gotten onto them, therefore they're doing the reviews pretty, you know, obsessively and doing what they need to do. If we were to say, I don't know, like you just asked, so you've got Tippett's main office, You've got 825 reviews. Spodak, I know you went through a big drop. You're at 945 again. You were in the whatever thousand, whatever. And then Atlanta Dental Spa, Buckhead, 721. You might have lost some reviews too. I don't know. Orban Dental Shore, 953. We're all within that same category. I'm interested in knowing how many years we've been asking for that. Because I think that for me, since the beginning, I slapped a podium or whatever and automated this stuff from the very beginning, which is why I have my results. And I, I have reason to believe that I might've been doing this for less years than some of us have. And therefore I have to think back and I have to say, well, maybe asking for it is a humanistic activity, which means it's not consistent. And maybe over time, consistency might be software. That's my thought. I'm <laughs> curious. It's a good point. I mean, now you're valuing consistency over, over uh... years and years and years. Well, yeah, correct. And that's what adds up small baby steps okay. leading to big results. This this is just another illustration of why I think dentistry is the most beautiful profession. I, I agree. I agree. It's we just we have different we have different approaches, different psychologies about why and how we should do it, and we all like Dwight saying we all end up around the same point. 
I don't even remember how many I had. Do you all remember how many? It I was had? a lot, like 1,200 maybe. Yeah. You're at 1,200. You're at like 945. No, now. but like before I got them all removed, it was like 1,300. I remember it went down to 800. I was mortified when it went down to 800. I didn't know it was going down. To oh, dude, you were you were like, I'm going to, yeah, I remember you calling me like, I'm going to sue, I'm going to sue Google. Well, I mean, I like, you're going to lose. Yeah, I mean it was crazy. We went all we we went from being the highest rated dentist in like Florida to the worst rated dentist in my entire county. They only left bad ones, which is wild to me because we never literally I would I would even tell team members beforehand, like, well, I want to write a review. I'm like, have you become a patient yet? You know, don't you <laughs> still so it's it's wild. But uh, yeah, it's it's I do believe Google, like Yelp, and again, this is just my speculation. They are in, they are in the advertising business, and if you have a dentist in a small community like a Fort Bend Dental that's got a thousand reviews, and the second closest rated dentist is forty five reviews on Yelp yeah. or whatever, yeah. they're going to take you down. Yeah. Yeah. They have to, or else mm -hmm. how would anybody want to participate in their spend? Mm -hmm. And I think it's incredibly important to have these conversations because if what happened to Craig happens to me, you know, in in six months. I might have normally freaked out and I'm gonna be like, hey, Greg, it was me too, you know, because it's, it's but the I mean, you could freak out because yeah, they can do that to you. Out. But the same way, you know, a sitting president of, you know, of the United States could be deplatformed if, if, I mean, I'm not making it political, but if you can be a president and be kicked off of Twitter, what's going to yeah. stop Google from kicking off yeah. measly Dwight and Fort yeah. Ben Dental? Exactly. Good luck with that. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's like social, it's like redistribution of social credit. You can't yeah. be too big. Yeah. And granted, if I was in Atlanta Metro, maybe, you know, there'd be other sizable competition. You know, there's other dentists that have ratings that are in the magnitude of your number, Peter, maybe not your quality of all five stars, but you have other dentists in Buckhead. That for sure. For sure. We are not the, we are not the Lone Ranger. That's for sure. You are but absolutely right. You're right. highest rated, but your numbers are not that remarkable. Completely. Completely. Yeah. I wasn't claiming that at all. Oh, I know. I'm just, and I'm, I'm just saying that that's the reason why I think it's, yeah, that's it's, the reason why it's foot on the gas always. Right. Yeah. So exactly. um, that's but, all I got. I was, I was kind of, just, I was kind just, of just to make a, a moral lesson to that guys to bring it back to feelings. Cause that's what I love to do. So when that <laughs> happened to me, I figured like, holy shit, I am completely fucked. Like the phones will stop ringing. We're going at a business. I am mm -hmm. certain it was a massive economic impact to that P yeah. potentially in the millions of dollars. Yep. Um, but what, what's great about, you know, being in practice and a business owner, essentially being bulletproof is your resilience. So for those that are listening, that are facing something that is like, holy shit, this is going to completely demolish. This is the first step of all the dominoes falling of my entire life and my business. Hmm. I can tell you it's not your, yeah. your business is resilient. Your people are resilient. And if it's a flood or a fire or a Google, it's just par for the course and you will get through it and it'll actually make you happier. What, what makes people happy is resilience, being able to survive the insult. It's not that the insult should or shouldn't happen because I thought that was super unfair. Why me? Why me? And then I'm right. like, you know, I don't have cancer. Shut the fuck up. It's Google. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like take, be, be thankful. And I think if you don't get that message and you wallow in the why me, God or the universe, whatever you believe in, will turn up the volume and crush your balls even harder. So whatever you're going through, you know, thank you. I completely agree with that, Greg. You sometimes the context is super important of like the woe is me. And we and uh we all do it. I, I gotta tell you though, I have started going, I have actually started, I think I mentioned this 
mastermind call is that I really review whenever I'm feeling like, how am I doing? How's things doing vulnerable or whatever? I actually review the pathway just to, just to audit, to make sure that things are being done along the way, right? The reviews and all this things. I, kind of, I really look at like, how strong are we in all these things? And once, and if I can say like really strong, then guess what? Like it actually makes me feel better. Maybe that's Greg, you're going to say, well, that's your own cooking. Of course, you're going to feel that way and all that stuff. But like, I think having whatever it is, your own process, your own pathway, Dwight, I'm sure you have your own, you know, I always give the example of, you know, pilots, my dad flew pilots through planes for 30,000 hours. You know, he didn't need a checklist on his last flight, but he walked around and did it with one. Yeah. You know, I think, I think having processes and something you can say, okay, the plane is safe to fly. Okay. The practice is as bulletproof as it can be. Right. Right. I think it's just nice to have that as opposed to, oh, I hope things are doing okay right now. I don't know. You know, hope they and, put and diversification too, Peter, you know, one thing that's super important. I was talking to Dennis yesterday. He's like, you know, I definitely don't want to own my own practice. So, so he said to me, so business ownership is not for me. I'm like, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> I understand that you don't want to own a practice. Totally cool. Dentistry is going to be your checking account, but your savings account is going to be ownership of other businesses, whether that's ownership of Amazon stock or commercial real estate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. For those that don't wish to open a dental, own a dental practice, totally cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But you must be a business owner to create wealth. Because if you're having a linear exchange of time and money, you'll never get rich. And Naval Ravikant says, if you need a degree to do it, it will never make you truly wealthy. So for those that are not dental business oh. owners, totally cool, 100%. I think it's really cool to decouple your earnings and your retirement account. Like for all of us, if our practice is imploded, our retirement, our earnings, everything goes down together, at least the majority of it. So for those who are saying, I don't want to own a dental practice, fine, but don't say that you do not want to be a business owner because you need to do one of the, you need to do a business ownership of some sort. Yeah. I think it's important. And I look at you, Dwight, with the controlling interest in the real estate that you're doing, mm -hmm. your dental practice is going to be incident, incidental. Your ownership in your oh. dental and your dental practice might wind up on the pace that you're going being an incidental uh, percentage to your total net worth. Do you, do you see that, Dwight, or not yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I am like your buddy Randy. I keep an eye on my net worth development as much as I do my balance sheets on my businesses, and I think it's really important to watch that. That was something I was taught early on by my father, and keep an eye on some of those things to diversify where that's coming from. But I think it is important to know that your business is going to output a lot of other businesses, right. to say the least. It's and the cash that you use for business. Yeah. Yeah. But like we're, if your pace continues, Dwight, I don't imagine, and again, I might be getting too personal here. I don't imagine you owning larger and larger and larger percentages of Fort Bend Dental. No. You'll own, you're going to probably own the percentage that you own, then the Correct. organization will grow, but Correct. not as fast as your real estate empire will grow. So well, they're coupled though, Greg. So they yeah. are. They're not That's a good point. from an ownership interest. So if no, 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 no. But you're right. But the value of one is predicated on the other and vice versa. Right will wind up happening at a certain point, especially with the Fort Bend organizational appetite for expansion, his real, he's really the business you're, you're in and the business you're becoming. Dwight is slowly, but very steadily becoming a real estate professional. And it, Dwight is, is experiencing like, you know, we had on the call like he's the arbitrage situation presented himself to him. And he said, I'll take, I'll take that because I can build this building for two and immediately with a 10 year long-term lease in there, it's worth four and a half. Right. Million, right? So it's immediate arbitrage. 
and that's why I was tax efficiency of it. His his dental income is heavily taxed. Right. I mean, heavily taxed. We, we got to remember right. that Every, everybody needs to hear the number one expense in your life and your practice is not your salaries; it's taxes. Number one expense for all of us. Right. Yeah. So that four and a half million gets eventually, or I guess eighty percent of it now in twenty twenty three, from a bonus depreciation standpoint, gets 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 abated from the the AGI, his gross income over over years, and that's a carry forward deduction. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. right? So these are the things I can't wait for Randy. Randy's teaching at some of this. I know he was on the pod, Craig. I know you've mentioned him so much, and you know, uh, and but Randy's going to be at Summit, kind of talking about that, Dwight. And I think there's so much power to what you said. I'm going to go back to that. Monthly, you visited on a monthly increment. You look at you look at the network, your network, right? On a monthly increment. My wife and I, we sit down. We know exactly what our our personal balance sheet is, what our net worth growth is, where it's scaling, where it's directed. And the truth is, is it's it's just as important, if not more important, because it gives you freedom of direction and deciding where you uh-huh. go and where you're investing in alongside your businesses whether just dentistry, whether just your practices, and then taking those steps. And I remember that that was a big portion of the rationale of how I was able to make that decision on that first one. None, none of the partners wanted to build when I right. built my first building, right? And even I had to sit back and say, do I want to build this four and a half million dollar building? Do mm-hmm. I have the cash set aside? You know, I'd been in business before. I was trying to kind of recruit that cash, put it aside. Now, Amanda and I have been together most of my life. I mean, when she, when we got out of college, we bought our first car cash. Like we were, we were those types of people who knew what we had, what we wanted to avoid spending on, what we wanted to invest into those types of things. And, and that's not easy, but it was a hard decision to say, Hey, let's, let's do it. But we had a lot of clarity because we were watching those numbers. We were watching where that was going and we understood some of the other components. Now it was through mentorship as y'all sent y'all the video of the first time I was standing on that land and was like, here we go. Here's that first one. And it was mentorship that then you got to take advantage of the other benefits that I wasn't necessarily knew about. I mean, extremes, I knew of some cost segs, but not to the level that now I've pushed it at, right? Tax savings, development plans, how you take the aggregate value of one building, then then has aggregating increased its appraised value. And then you can throw it over to another building. You keep augmenting things to that nature. That's all coming from collaboration amongst colleagues, friends, mentorship. And I think that that's a big deal for me but it has to be aligned with the fact that I actually know where I stand today mm-hmm. and where I want to go. It's so good. I love that. Everything you just said. Uh, so, I mean, some of these laws guys we hear about, like, you know, Packham's law or Pearson's law or whatever. Pearson's law is something I see really being the truth in that. And what you were just saying that, you know, what we give attention to usually grows essentially is the, is the nuts of it. And, and, you know, when you are that consistent with your review, you know, what worked, what didn't, how do we pivot, right? You know, how do we course correct if we're, if we're not tracking or going the way we want, because there will be mistakes along the way. Right. But if you're just kind of like, Oh, I hope everything works out. You know, what do they say? Like planning to fail is failing, or to, plan. failing to plan is, yeah, is fanning is, is planning to fail. Right. Yeah. So I think that's great. Really, you know, right when Randy said that he did that every month and I was, you know, that was obviously doing it too. And also I was like, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes you feel good because in some ways you feel a little obsessive, right? Or you feel a little right. like, focused on the wrong thing, or it's like, am I too money hungry? Or, or it's like, it is the method by which you should know these decisions we can make, especially within our business or when you're buying some personal stuff, that's a large ask or an asset of whatever type. Like, how do you not know 
what's going on. Like you can find yourself in pretty deep doo-doo just trying to be like, Hey, I'm going to. Yeah. Are you overextended is a thing. And sometimes banks will catch that and say, we can't approve your loan because they don't want to say you're overextended, but you're overextended. That's right. um, but you having the knowledge of just saying, Hey, I see your dinky little PFS statement that you just sent me for me to fill out in pen, but yeah. here's a spreadsheet. Here's mine. Beat it yeah. troll. Right. I need it updated every month. It can be automated. I mean, that's the gameplay. And I, I think we put a lot of that effort into building our business, or at least at some point in time, we get mature enough in our business where we automate that to give us that data by the seventh. I don't month. even think you automate it. I don't think you can, I don't think that is something you want to automate. I think that is something that needs your human Attention. eyes on. Yep. yep. And, and yeah, cause, there, cause, when you data enter that spreadsheet, you become very familiar. Yeah. With it's like, it's like, remember writing shit in your own handwriting when you were in school, like you learned it a lot quicker, right? And just then taking someone else's notes, which I think I did too often. Can I, can I, can I borrow your notes? You know, it didn't work so well. Can I borrow your vision? Can I get a copy of your notes? Oh, true. Get a copy of your vision. I like your vision. The way yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys, we are right at an hour. Unless any of you guys got any closing, uh, closing things. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, uh, quick, quick one. Summit. We still got. A little bit of tickets left, still some rooms blocked, but we got Kyle Stanley, who I'm super pumped about. Oh, yeah. He's going to be speaking on the main stage along with Uchi Odiatu. I have to Odiatu. say that. Uchi Odiatu. But uh, yeah, Kyle's rock star. Kyle's doing really good work, guys. He on is. Fulfillment and burnout. I mean, never mind that he has Pearl AI, which is badass, I've heard, but he's doing a lot of heavy, heavy lifting on burnout. There's a major, major crisis going on, a mental health crisis going on in dentistry. What is he speaking at its summit on? Because On that, on his fulfillment, on his, his beating dental burnout thing. That's a, yeah. that's a very pertinent and great topic. It so is. And he's, he's why, why do you say that, Trey? I think that dentistry in and of itself is, is a stressful profession and it's a lonely profession like we've talked about. But and the joke I always make, although I love dentistry, but the joke I've always made is that the next career I have, I'm selling people, selling something that people want, which basically means drugs, mm. sex, rock and roll, the booze. Mm. But I want, it's a very strip. different world that we live in where we're selling two inch needles in your face. And although we all like to, you know, pretty it up and say we're selling a smile and all that stuff, which we are, but you got to overcome the two inch needle too. For 1500 bucks or whatever the deal is. So uh, yeah. it's not a, you have the stress of people are not your biggest fan. Plus you live in what Craig always touches on. You live in micro, micro millimeters. Right. Success and failures. Right. Yeah. And then couple that with the fact that we're not kind to each other, but repetition over a 30 year period burns anybody out. And what we do is attention to detail. So it puts us at the forefront of that burnout, that burnout train. You got to be really some of this dental. You think some of this, I don't know the name of it anymore, guys, but like that this dental porn shit on Instagram, you think that's adding, adding to it or not? Yeah, like we're absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's garbage. I mean, yeah. I know, I know, I know this, but I'm just saying like, do you think that that's contributing? Wow. My cases don't look like that. I must be a failure kind of thing. I, right. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's, we didn't see all their 10 shitty cases before that one magical one. Right. Yeah. So do you, do you think that Craig, you think that For that, sure. For sure. Okay. I think, I you know, I think the biggest thing, the common thing that unnerves and settles most human beings that I've had the pleasure of working with is typical story goes along like, hey, I think you could really help me. Okay, why? Because you have all your life figured out and I see what you're doing. 
I'm like, hey, buddy, I don't have my life figured out. It's really, really hard to be me sometimes. And I struggle. Really? It's, it's hard? Yes, it's really fucking hard for me. And there's days that I feel like I'm doing it all wrong. There's days I feel like I have imposter syndrome. There's days, there's moments before summit where we get on, like, am I really fit to teach these people? Right. And so it, it's a human phenomenon that we all believe that we suffer alone. And when you realize that all the people suffer, the greats and the not so great, it's this permission to be like, okay, it's normal. So I think the trajectory is that people in the dental porn or whatever you want to call it, just think that the other people don't have it tough. And it reminds me of a quote, people get rewarded in public for what they intensely practice for in private. Mm -hmm. It is meant to be hard. No, I'm not sorry you're going through a hard time because we've all gone through it. And what happens in life is as we get older, things get harder. And then we go backwards in life and we look back at like last week or last mm -hmm. month when it was not that hard because something really hard showed up. Like this week you're upset about your Google reviews. Next week you're upset because a loved one is sick. Right. And I think that's the beauty of life is the constant context that we get delivered by God or I believe in God. And sometimes I think you get older, Craig, you probably, I know you've said this, but you kind of are more proud of the adversity that you went through, right? The, sure. the pain in the ass, the ass kicking of the tragedy you're going through For was, sure. the, was the actual reward as you look back and reflect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, where it's, it's, that I know I'm stating the obvious to, to, for you. Yeah, it's not, it's not the obvious for the average listener. So when Gavin was trying out for the all-star game, baseball game, and in the middle of the game, you know, the coaches are taking notes, looking around the field and Gavin's got talent. He's the heaviest hitter in the league because he's a big boy. He's tall and he's strong. So he can knock that ball. So, and he, and he goes into the dugout. It's a hot day in Florida. And he lies on the bench lying down and the coaches are looking at him and they're writing notes and i go over to gavin I'm like, gavin what the hell are you doing buddy he's like dad leave me alone i was like listen i don't want to be here bud i want to go home i want to go to the ranch what are we doing here if you don't want to take this game seriously let's just bounce out like i don't need to be here this is your game he goes dad you're just jealous because you never were an all-star player i'm like listen i was never a baseball player but talent is overrated. And the problem for you, son, is you got talent. He goes, yeah, I do, dad. Watch this. He goes up. He gets up there. He bounces the ball off the fences, 200 and whatever the hell feet. And everybody's cheering. MVP. And guess what? This motherfucker didn't get called for the baseball team. He didn't make the all-star team because talent is overrated. You know, I would rather, I would rather someone be hungry and vet, vested in their, in their winnings and their failings than be apathetic and talented. That's right. And well, it, becomes that's a, what, it becomes a rudder if you're not careful. Right. So, so the mud. and I think that coming full circle to why there's so much unfulfillment in dentistry and unhappiness is because people are suffering alone in silence. And us as men, not to say that the girls don't have it particularly difficult too, men tend to suffer alone and cork it. And when you cork that, that becomes really problematic. And, don't, and the ladies, they have their own set of unique challenges between balancing all the other stuff they have to balance with. I don't know how they do it, but the men have a very few outlets. They don't talk. Yeah. And that causes the extreme desperation in our, in our profession. That's good stuff. All right. Y'all want to talk about AI? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God. Craig, that is such bullshit. Let's talk about AI. So anyway, Let's talk about that. That's feeling shit sounds weird, but anyway, Back to robot stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, great seeing you all. Nice. Great work. Thanks for listening. Thanks for working on this it. camera. If you yeah, like no, it, it's, it's up, comment.
We love a comedy. We read every single comedy. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. And that's what, you know, I've noticed that other pods have been asking. I hear I hear more about people saying like, hey, watch the pod on YouTube, like even the big guys, because there's the ability to leave comments, right? And like that is the oxygen for what I'm finding everybody, you know, because you want to see like, are, you, are we directionally going, making people happy, creating value? We're just talking yeah. to ourselves. Yeah. We need we need a piece of software to, to ask for comments. <laughs> no, but it's like you know, a generic template. Get some get some. No, but I, I, I do you read all the comments, guys? I do. I do for sure. I do. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's fun. Awesome. It's fun to it's fun to hear. You know, even if it's even if it's like an ass kicking comment where it's like you guys are. Oh yeah. Don't you know it, it's, that's still fun. And when yeah. we get bad reviews, we are we are we are gonna say we get bad things said. We're gonna publicly say the good. Thing. I'm just kidding. Publicly I bring like, them up, like the all in. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, maybe that'll be our next check. No, because I don't want to incentivize people to right. talk shit. Yeah. No. By the way, I need to say something about all in. Uh oh. I haven't uh -oh. really, I haven't really been liking it lately. Oh, it's, I love it. Nah, it's been super, super snooze fest for me. Just gonna say. Oh my god, I it's love it. They were getting political. Why? And that's why you. Yeah, know, it just doesn't seem. I liked it when there was like actual teachings as opposed to like this grandstand. I don't know. Like, I love it. Anyway, but dude, we'll tell you my favorite one right now. Oh yeah, first millions or whatever. My first million, yeah. You're supposed that's to great, send me that's that. That's a great pod. That's a great pod. Which which is funny. Like? Which one should I check out first? I mean. I mean, there's. I'll send you one, but but I think it's a really I mean, good one. I try out so many guys. I really do try a lot of pods out. I jump and, yeah. and and I yeah, I don't find any that are really sticky. And I hope you know. I think I look at them to try to say like, well, what? Why is this one sticky and this one's not? And let's not do what the not one is because you know you want to make it as entertaining as possible. And you know, even inside the world of dentistry, which is which is tough. It is tough. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, see guys. See y'all. See you later. Bye bye. It's what your beak. What your beak. I'm we're not over yet. All right. Bye bye.